Today's podcast is brought to you by me. Welcome to Down with Joe DeRosa. One topic, no guest, one hour. Today is a solo ep, and I'm going to talk about ego for the next whatever it is. I already said hour, and then I was going to say hour again, then I thought that wouldn't sound right, so then I said whatever it is, that sounded worse. Anyway, ego, here's where I want to talk about ego today, Ernie, because I think I have a big one. And that's no good. I got to work on that. I've been trying to work on it. You know, what made this idea pop into my head was uh, uh, our dear friend, Nikki Glazer. She's my dear friend. She's not yours, but I like to say R. I don't want you to feel left out, Ernie. Uh, but uh, my dear friend, Nikki Glazer, uh, she uh, texted me recently. She said, hey, I was on the road and I listened to your uh, anxiety episode of your podcast, which was one I did by myself. And she said, I loved it. It was just like hanging out with you. And I was very complimented by that and uh, very flattered. And I thought it was very sweet. And I was thinking about today and I was like, did, did that mean that it was like hanging out with me in the sense that I just talk at people for 55 minutes straight uh, without taking a break? And I was like, yeah, I kind of do do that. Um, usually not at that long of a clip, but that's usually just because the person eventually cuts me off in in a way of telling me to shut the fuck up um and i know i don't think nikki meant it that way but maybe in a subconscious way she she there was a little of that uh which is not her fault that's that's how i am and i think i am that way because i i suffer from a, a big ego i'm not even gonna dance around it i got of course i have a big ego i'm a comedian i get on stage and I, I talk to an audience, and not only do I talk to an audience and, and have the audacity to think that those people should sit there and listen to me for an hour, I also think that they should agree with me. And not just agree with me, agree with me by laughing and applauding me. It is, that's insane. That is an insane amount of ego. But what drove me to have this really fun job i you know look the podcast too there's a whole other part of your ego yeah yeah they don't get enough of me in the live shows i need to have a podcast where uh where i well at least in the podcast i talk to a guest so it's a conversation it's not ego driven it's a conversation that people need to hear because i think it's important yeah that's not ego driven sure and then when there's no guest here i'll just talk by myself for an hour or so you know not not because not because i want to just hear myself talk for an hour because it's you know it's uh, you, you can't uh, you don't want to let the audience down by not delivering an episode yeah sure sure it's all ego so this is twitter feed ego my random passive dismissible thoughts should be documented somewhere for all of eternity we, that is insane. We go on this website. Our thoughts need to be heard by the world right now, immediately. Well, can't you wait five minutes? All you want to do is make a porn joke. No, I will not, and I can't.
put it out there immediately for my followers. That's, do you understand? That's what it's, that's what they're called on Twitter. Your followers. Like you're some kind of cult leader or a high priest. It is, it is insane. At least on Facebook, it was, you know, it was your friends. Which was just a nice way to say followers. She didn't sound like a lunatic. Because everybody bragged about how many friends they had. And all they were really saying was, look at all, look at all these minions that read my posts. Look, look at all these, look at all these zombies that stagger around following me and look at the, the videos of the cats that I put on the wall. You know? Twitter took all that illusion away. They're just like, nope, they're they're followers. They're followers that you're gonna preach to. So ego. Ego. And as usual in this discussion, like I try to do on the podcast here, I'd like to try to have some of somewhat of a balanced discussion. I don't want to demonize ego. But you know, let's start by talking about the negative side of it, uh, which I feel like we're off and running into doing already. Uh, what else is my ego? Therapy. You know, I'm not currently in therapy, but I, I've gone. Isn't that a bit of an ego-driven thing? You know, all of us are having such tough lives. All of us are having such bad days. All, are, uh, all of us are having such a, such a tough run at it. The whole thing, oh my God, my job, if my boss would just please get off my back and they don't appreciate me and all my kids do is want more from me and that's never enough and my wife or my husband, it's not enough time that I give the person and nobody gets my work and I just want to be appreciated and I stub my toe on the way to the market to pay too high a price for the cereal that's going to kill me because uh, everything is so bad. Everything is so rough, right? So we all have to go work out our big problems with a big therapist. We all got to sit there in a chair and go, oh God, I just, please, thank God you're here. Thank God I found somebody I could pay to do what any of my friends would be willing to do for free. So let's sit here and talk this out because I need a professional to hear my problems out. I need a professional that understands how deep these problems really are. I mean, this is complicated stuff we're talking about here. You know, I can't just go around all willy nilly talking about how, you know, I'm having a hard time on match.com. I got I need a doctor type person to really get to, you know what it really is? This is what I think it really is. I think all of us are afraid to admit that our problems are trivial. Our problems are trivial. Cause you know what? If your problems are trivial, that means we're trivial. That's what that means. You know, I have this every day is a bad day theory. That's what I call it. Every day is a bad day. It's a theory of mine where every person has to act like every day is a bad day. Why? Because then they stand out. They're mountainizing their molehill problems. Oh, how's your day going? Oh, my God. What a beast of a day it was. This is the way we talk to each other. What a beast of a day. Oh, it was a bear. Oh, my God. I, I could have killed myself. I, oh, I want to blow my head off right now. I can't take this anymore. That's how we talk about our problems. And what was the problem? Traffic. The line was too long at Starbucks. 
they ran out of the B12 shot at your juice bar that you go to or whatever, your presentation went awry. Oh, I could just, somebody just put a bullet in me now. I can't take it. It's dramatic. Dramatic. We're romanticizing our own problems. And the reason we're romanticizing our own problems, because if somebody ever goes to you, how are your problems? And you go, eh, average. You know what you're saying? Yeah, my life isn't really shit. This is average, you know. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about my problems, so nobody's going to care about me. You can't live with that. So you got to do every day is a bad day. So everybody thinks, oh, my God, I, I do. I do. I, I exist. I matter. I matter. I exist because I have real problems. Real problems means I'm a real person, I re- and I, I have to find real solutions, and, the, and now I have a project, and I exist, and I'm important. And we all think our problems are so much more important than everybody else's, too. I, you know, and I don't know that we actively think that, but we, I mean, we sure sh- show that show that belief in, in the way we act and their actions or whatever, you know? I don't know if a lot of people sit sit around actually saying to themselves, you know, my problems are worse than yours. I do that, but I've already said I'm a fucking egomaniac. Uh, I've admitted to that fully. Uh, but I don't know that the average person does that. I don't know that the average person sits and says my problems are bigger or more important than yours. We just act like they are. You know, we have to solve our thing first. I just, you know, I, I'd i love to help you right now. I just, I have some stuff going on and I have to take care of it. Or, sorry I didn't get back to you. I just, I've been so crazy lately. That's another one. I love when people say that. I've been so crazy lately. Really? With what? Oh my God. Well, work and my relationship. You mean the normal shit that everybody does every day? Was it crazy? Did your schedule get... It's not crazy. Being on the run is crazy. That's Those are the people that should be able to say things like that. Hey, I never heard back from you. Yeah, because we've been refugees for the last three months. It's been a little crazy. So I didn't respond to your text about how they were out of 2% milk at the grocery store and you've had it with Albertsons. You know what I mean? So nuts. So nuts. Ego can be really negative, you know, obviously. You know, ego can make us think uh, we deserve a better mate. God almighty. We, I've talked at length with a particular friend of mine who is a comedian who I will not name because I don't want to drag him into my bullshit. Uh, and I'm actually going to give him credit for saying this, but I 100% agree with it in my own life. But I have a comedian friend that said, He just goes, we were laughing one day. He goes, the amount of women I've shoved out of my life that I didn't deserve in the first place. Who the fuck do I think I am? And I was laughing. I was just like, dude, I know. Tell me about it. I've had some wonderful women in my life that I haven't been able to make a real relationship work with. Because somewhere in your head, you're sitting there going, there's a better thing. And I don't mean that as an attack on that particular person or whatever. You know, and again, sometimes you're not actively thinking that. But that is what's happening in your head. Nobody's going, this is as good as it's going to get. So I'm out of here. Nobody does that. Everybody thinks there's like a better thing around the corner. Whether that better thing is prettier or cooler or more common interests or funnier 
or crazy or, or all those things or any combination in the, their head somewhere is there's a better scenario. This is not the best case scenario. So you go out and you try to find somebody else. And then you know what happens? You find the next person and it's the same fucking thing. They're all the things the other person wasn't. And then you're sitting there going, you know, it'd be better if I had a person that was like this. And the person that was like this is the person you dumped to date this person. I ain't going to dump this poor bastard to go back to the other person, but you're not going to go back to the other person, the first person, because in your eyes, they're still shit. Now you're going to go find a, a carbon copy of them, and then you're going to get rid of that person and go find a carbon copy of the second person, and so on and so on. That's ego. That's craziness. It's also ego when uh, certain people stay in relationships. Well, I deserve to be married and have kids. Why? Why do you deserve that? Well, because everybody else is. Okay. Maybe everybody else deserves it, but you don't. You know, there's a chance that some of us just don't deserve to be in relationships. You know? Look, I might be one of those people. I don't know. But there is a chance that some of us just don't deserve it because you're not cut out for it or you don't work hard enough for it or you're not willing to give enough for it. But, man, people think they just, it's just owed to them. Well, I'm going to have kids. Why? Because that's what you do. That's ego. That is ego at its core. I have the right to reproduce, therefore I will. You know, guys, if we could just make a sort of be, uh, a, a sidebar you know, sort of uh, let's let's just saunter off to the left here for a second. Talk about rights. Just because you have the right to do something doesn't mean you should do it. Okay, this I this is a thing on Twitter recently, and you know, I hate to even call attention to it because I don't want. I'm going to talk about something. Do not go look it up. Do not go look it up and create more traffic on a video that nobody should have seen in the first place because it never should have been posted. But there was that horrible footage posted online by cocksucking TMZ of the Tracy Morgan crash and, and you know, our friends Tracy and Artie Fuqua and Harris Stanton and, and other people were in that truck and very sad that Jimmy Mack uh, passed due to the crash. And TMZ had footage of it, and they put it up online. And I, uh, well, Louis was first, and then Amy Schumer, and and I was one of the people that later posted for people to 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 to, to protest and and tell TMZ to take the video offline. And people would respond to that with like, "Hey, man, you know, isn't that just freedom of speech?" Well, no, it's not freedom of speech. Speech is speech. Posting a video is not speech. And then other people go, well, it's their right to do it. We can't get into right. Look, nobody's saying take rights away, okay? But as much as it's a right of somebody to do that, it's also a right to counteract that and say, we don't want it there. You should take it down. But more importantly, and this is the point I'm getting at, just because you have the right to do something doesn't mean you should do it, okay? There's a thing called ethics, and there's another thing called morality. And morality is a thing that doesn't apply strictly to religion. A lot of people hear morality and they think Jesus taught. No, it's not. Morality is just morals. That's it. Acting like a human being that has 
a soul or at least the concept of one. Just because you have the right to do something doesn't mean you should do it. I have the right to walk up and yell cunt in the face of an old woman crossing the street. That is my right. That is not a, as far as I know, uh, an offense that could get me arrested unless they could prove that I was harassing the person in some way. That's not an attack. Okay? It's the classic fire in the crowded theater argument. It's the classic argument of that. You do have the right, theoretically, to do that. That doesn't define your freedom of speech, though. And it doesn't support it. And it's not a good use of it. You know? But people... Man, they think, hey, as long as I'm allowed to do this, I'm going to do it. That is your ego talking. That is your ego talking. We are in a very unapologetic phase of, I'm going to say, this particular North American culture in this country. I don't really like terms like that. In this country, in this culture, because then suddenly you sound like Jamie Kilstein. And uh, (laughs) that was me blowing my own head off as I sit in the back row of a Jamie Kilstein comedy show. People, you know, in this country, shut up. <laughs> but, fuck, there goes my ego again. Why, why, do, why do I think I'm more justified to do this than he is? Yeah, anyway, my point is, is I don't like using terms like that. Uh, but it, it, I say in this country, in this culture, because I don't really, I haven't spent enough time in or am familiar enough with other cultures to, to, to speak on those. But uh, right now here, United States, current climate, very unpolog- unapologetic. Very unapologetic climate. Very, uh, hey man, I can, so I will deal with it. I'm your problem. I'm going to act. You don't react. That's everybody, man. Take me as I am. Deal with it. And that's, ego is out of, fucking control here right now he's out of control the whole like sort of hipster class you know and look a lot of people would say that i'm part of the hipster demographic and i guess in some ways i am but you know the 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 worst of the worst when it comes to hipsters the people that 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 sit there and do nothing but judge and do nothing but tell you you can't uh, or it's wrong because of this. And I don't even mean wrong in the in the PC way or the or the you know like a legal wrong. I mean wrong like you're doing it incorrectly. Here's why what you're doing sucks. Okay, well what are you doing though? Nothing. Well then shut the fuck up. How do you have the right to critique me when you don't do anything? Well, anybody can be a critic. It's my right to be a critic. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that it's ethically cool. Even real critics were trained. They went to school for journalism, most of them, or they were writers that became critics, or or they studied film and then became critics, or or they were artists that became critics. There was something. There was something to justify uh, th- their, them having a career. And to me, if you're not getting paid for it, you're not the thing. If I read one more free blog where it credits the author as being a writer and comedian, listen, I'm going to sound like an asshole for a second here. If you're not paid professionally to do it, 
If it's not your job, you're not the thing. You're practicing. And there's a big difference. And, in fact, I take back what I said. I don't think that's an asshole thing to say. Because nobody would fucking dare, when they were in medical school, call themselves a doctor. You would call yourself a doctor when you had a license to practice. And you had a fucking practice. And it was your job. And you got up every morning and opened a closet full of white coats and put it on and then opened your drawer full of stethoscopes and wrapped one around your neck and stuffed some tongue depressors in your pocket and went out the door to be a doctor because you had to because it was your job because you were getting paid. Nobody at a, at, a, at, a, at a trade school would be like, I'm a mechanic. You wouldn't say that. Nobody says that. They say, I'm studying to be a mechanic. Just look, man, you write. You don't get paid to write. You're an aspiring writer. Hate to break it to you. You get on stage, but you don't get paid to do that, and you still have a day job? Well, you're an aspiring comedian. You're not really a comic yet. If you're an actor that's never booked anything, meaning gotten paid to work as an actor, if you're an actor that's never done that, they don't say, I'm an actor. You say, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get into acting. I'm trying to become an actor. It's what I'm trying to do. That drives me crazy. Anyway. But these are the, 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 the bloggers and these people, the ones I'm talking about, the non-professional professionals, right? Well, it's this way, and it should be that way, and here's what I think. Who gives a fuck what you think? I don't care. I don't care. Well, why am I any different than, than, than Ebert? Because Ebert was a professional. He had a TV. He proved himself. He wrote for the Chicago Sun. That's the difference. That drives me crazy, man. That drives me crazy that you can go on Amazon and in the same field on the website where a professional book critic could leave a review of a book, any schmuck from anywhere could also leave a a book review right next to it or a CD review or a product review or whatever review. Ego is out of fucking control in this country right now it is insanity itunes itunes made everybody a critic i don't give a shit what anybody says it was better before when there was like shitty corporate record labels running everything and people will argue me that on that all the time and go what are you nuts and the 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 corporate kept the artist down sure they did do that and you know what that's why there were indie labels And you could go to indie labels if you didn't like what the corporate labels did. But you know what? When there was a label system in place, like a real label system in place, where distribution was a thing before it was all digital, that meant there was a filtering system. There was a filtration system. Anybody couldn't put anything in the store, which is how iTunes works, which is how Amazon works, which is why you hear news stories all the time about, like, should this book be taken off of Amazon because it, like, tells people how to you know properly like get away with child molestation or whatever it's because anybody can put the thing there now so the same website where the beatles have their albums and the rolling stones have their albums and ice cube has his albums the guy that lives down the street from you that plays drums on a tin can and wears tinfoil on his head, that guy can put his 
album right there. And then it's just right there. So every lunatic that goes, oh, I'm going to write a song because a bird told me to. They can do it, and they just and they do. Somehow they do. Why are the why are the shittiest, least talented people the most driven ones? Jesus Christ! I know guys that could have written novels. I know guys that could have been twenty times better comics than I am. Uh, I know guys that like could have could have acted or or did a million things that that you know just ended up doing whatever they did you know just any job that they kind of fell into because they weren't driven meanwhile you know that lady that 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 you see like crossing the street wearing a sleeping bag as pants and plastic bags as a bra she's got an album out on iTunes right now she's got an album on iTunes she's probably got a book on Amazon too ego's out of control man Ego's out of control. We all should just be allowed to do it. One of my favorite quotes of all time is from the movie Swimming with Sharks with Kevin Spacey. Uh, and if you've never seen the movie, he plays a real like bastard of a, of a movie producer. And Frank Whaley plays a guy who works for him and, uh, and takes Kevin Spacey's character hostage uh, as like revenge, to, you know, come up and... And, and wants to get Spacey's character to tap out and apologize for the way he's treated him. And there's a scene where Kevin Spacey, tied to a chair, goes, you think because you want it, you just deserve it? You got to work for it. You got to earn it. You got to bleed for it. It's one of the greatest quotes I've ever heard that just completely sums up what it's all about. You got to work for it. You got to earn it. You got to bleed for it. And that's not the way it is right now. Or at least that's not the attitude about the way it is right now. The attitude now is just because. It's like when you were a kid. Well, why do I have to do that? Because I said so. That's how you have to accept everybody's opinion now and everybody else's bullshit attitude and ego. Why are you talking to me like that? Because I feel like it. Why do I have to filter through your shitty nine CDs to try to find the one CD I actually want to buy on Amazon because I feel like it, because I said so, because. I know there's some people out there going, Joe, you know, you're sitting here talking about ego. You're way out of fucking control right now because who are you to have the ego to say that somebody can't put whatever they want to put out there? Look, you can you can. You absolutely, again, this is what I mean. You have the right. You have the right. And if you really believe in your thing, put it out there, man. Sure. Maybe it's brilliant. Maybe it's genius. But let's be honest, guys. Not everybody putting it out there should be putting it out there. That's all I'm saying. And I know there's no way to police that. Of course there's no way to police that. But you know what that means? We should be policing ourselves a little more. And we're not. We're not. Nobody polices themselves. Nobody. If I'm legally allowed to do it, I'm going to do it, and then you deal with it. Why? Because you have to. Why? Because there's nothing you can do legally to make me stop it. And that kind of behavior leads to illegal behavior. Not by the person, the offender. No, not by that person. By the, the, the victim. By the other person. Because when an adult acts like a complete fucking brat to another adult 
an irrational, bratty adult, that makes rational adults lose their shit. And that's when people get hit. Because you're you're so at the end of your rope, you're like, I can't fucking believe this is happening right now. That makes you see red. That's when people start punching other people in the face. Ego. Those are the negatives. I'd say we covered the negatives pretty pretty well there, Ernie. Wouldn't you say? I think we got a lot of good negative about ego in there. Let's talk positive now. There is a positive side to ego. Makes you get up, get off the couch, go do something you think is worthwhile. That's nice, right? That's a nice thing. Ego can help feed the homeless. Why? Because you think, or some guy thinks, he's figured out a plan and a way to get food to people that need food. And he has enough of an ego to believe in his own idea to go, that's a good idea. So he gets up and he makes it happen. And then it works. That's great. That's ego. Positive ego. I think your ego can serve you well if you have a high enough of a success ratio. I think as your success ratio climbs, uh, you can use that uh, or use your ego at that point to, to in a very positive way. Because then you can go, okay, that's my success rate. I know I'm good at this. I know I can win this game. You know? I'm not a sports guy. I'm going to try my best at a sports analogy. You got the basketball game going. 98 to 98, Ernie. Tie game. Two seconds left on the clock. Your man gets fouled. He's at the free throw line. He sinks two baskets. You win this game. Ego is what's going to make him do it. Because ego leads to confidence. But it's because of a success ratio. It's a guy going, I've done this before. I know I can do it again. That's positive. That's positive ego. And maybe that's just what I'm saying. Positive ego is, I've done this before to some extent. I've had some success ratio. I think I can do it again. Okay, I've done this twice now. Both times with success. I'm going to try a third time, then a fourth, then a fifth. And before you know it, you go, wow, I'm consistent. I know I'm good at this. I can hit the two baskets and win the game for my team right now. I believe in myself. I believe I can do it. More people need to do that with themselves, which is what I mean when I say you need to police yourself a little bit. Because there's too many people going, I'm good at this, even though I have absolutely no proof. I have no proof of success. I have no proof that, uh, that I'm capable even. I hate when I see a comic. I know I said I was going to go down the positive road, and I did for a second, but I can't stand when I see a comic reading out of a notebook on stage. And listen, I don't have a problem with comics reading out of a notebook on stage. That's not what I'm going to say. I'm a huge Garofalo fan. She was one of the first visible notebook comedians out there i've plenty of times brought notebooks on stage i've brought notes on stage when i'm working out new material sometimes that's not what i'm talking about all right that's not what i'm going to say let me justify what i'm saying before i even say it uh what i'm saying is when you see a comic young comic you know what any comic on stage 
reading from a notebook and it bombs and then they go whatever guys whatever i guess you're not guess you're just whatever and they act like it's the audience's fault guess you guys just suck no you suck you read a thing off a fucking piece of paper or out of a book yeah and they didn't go for it and it doubly pisses me off when it's an unknown comic just standing up there as if they're like Andrew Dice Clay headlining Madison Square Garden in 1990. As if they've got like legions of followers behind them. And they're just up there like, whatever. Guess it's on you guys if you don't get it. No, you don't get it. You bite. Get the fuck out of here. Put some effort into this. Have some success that will be a product of your effort. And then maybe a little confidence. Before that, shut the fuck up. Here's a hat. Put it in your hand. Get the fuck out of here. That was a hat in hand reference, Ernie. Humility. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, people just think, just do whatever they want. All the time. Constantly. No matter what. You can't say shit about it. And if you do, you're wrong. That's the thing that kills me. That's the thing that kills me. Not only am I going to tell you how it is, I'm going to expect you not to react to it. I'm going to expect you not to react to it. And if you do react to it, I'm going to tell you that you're wrong. What is happening? How is this fucking possible? But back to the positive. Orson Welles, Citizen Kane, ranked repeatedly, repeatedly, on almost every film list that's ever been concocted as the greatest movie of all time. I agree with it. I think it's the greatest movie of all time. It's not my favorite movie of all time. It's one of my favorites. But I do believe it's the greatest film of all time ever made uh, for numerous reasons. Uh, for me, the primary reason is he did things in the medium of film that had never, ever been done before. Because of these things and these devices and, and what have you, the movie still holds up. It was completely groundbreaking in 19-whenever it came out, 40-whatever. I, I don't know the year. Um, but it was completely groundbreaking at the time it came out. And it holds up 110%. 110%. It is one of those movies where when I meet somebody that hasn't seen it, I'm just like, you have to see it. There's not a doubt in my mind that they won't love it. Like, they will love it. They will absolutely, I'm positive of that. Never a doubt, ever, not once, ever. Why? Ego. That's good ego. Orson Welles went into a situation, having never directed a film, getting to make a film that he believed in. That movie is about William Randolph Hearst, who, you know, if you don't know, was newspaper tycoon in the uh in the in the 30s and what when uh in, in the 40s major newspaper tycoon but was huge into yellow journalism huge into printing falsehoods and and lies and creating news stories that didn't exist william randolph hearst apparently once told one of his reporters it was a slow news day to go down to the river and jump in and pretend like he was drowning so they could save him so they could set up somebody saving him so they, so they could run that story because they didn't have like a front page story for the day or whatever. 
This is the kind of guy William Randolph Hearst was. He was also a guy that told Walter Winchell to shut his mouth about uh, when he was chastising Hitler. Walter Winchell was one of the first people in the United States to call out Hitler, and William Randolph Hearst uh, owned the radio company that Winchell worked for and told Winchell to, to shut it, basically, and Winchell didn't, and, and it led to, uh, it led to uh, Winchell having some hard times in his career. So William Randolph Hearst, not a great guy. Egomaniac in the bad way. He still has that house that like he built like a castle. It was like the most expensive house of all time or something. It's somewhere in California. I've flown over it before. You can see it from the airplane. I can't remember what the name of the place is called, but it was never like properly finished or whatever because it was so big and so expensive and it bled him dry and then he went broke and his papers went under and all this stuff and he died without ever having completed it. But he was the egomaniac in the worst way possible. Then comes Orson Welles. Egomaniac, at least at this time, in the best ways possible. And just goes, I'm going to make a movie about this fucking guy. Why? Because it needs to be said. Doesn't give a shit. Needs to be said. This guy needs to be exposed. Knew everybody knew what he was going to be doing. Knew Hearst would find out what he was doing. Fuck you, I'm doing it. Makes the movie. Does all this crazy stuff that nobody has ever done before in film. Why? He just wasn't going to second guess himself. He knew that it was the right thing to do. And then he pulls it off. Brilliant. Brilliant. Now, unfortunately, in later years... Orson Welles' ego kind of got away from him a little bit and became a raging drunk. <laughs> and uh, it didn't end too well. But the guy made some fantastic movies. Touch of Evil is another great one. Um, he's got a bunch. Check him out. If you've never heard of this of this Orson Welles kid, I, I think you should look him up on IMDb. Uh, I think he did a few things. But I just I just think that movie is such a great example of of what can come from having... The, po the positives that can come from having a healthy ego. Because that's what it is, healthy versus unhealthy or unhealthy ego. You want to have healthy ego. You don't have healthy ego, you're not going to get off the couch. You're not going to get out of bed in the morning. You're gonna go, you lay there going, what's the point? Why should I? I can't get it done. There's somebody better than me. That person's the man for the job. No, that's no good. Sometimes you need to be the guy that's like, look, I can do this for you. I can get this done. Because you know you can, so you do, and that's it, and that's good ego. That's good ego. A lot of people make money, not just for themselves, but for a lot of other people through healthy ego. I've got a plan. I believe in it so much that I'm going to push this company to see it through, and I believe the company, myself, and its employees will gain from that. That's Steve Jobs, exactly what I'm talking about, literally Perfect example, what we're talking about here. Some guy that was just like, yeah, no, it's there's a better way. And everybody was like, you're crazy. Can you imagine like him pitching the iPod for the first time? The looks he must have gotten from people. Yeah, I'm gonna uh I'm gonna put all uh all the songs onto one device. What are you talking about, Steve? How could any device hold that many discs? not going to have discs it's going to fit in your pocket that's 
There's no such thing. No, I'm gonna we're gonna digitize music, and we're gonna put it onto this device, and the device is gonna fit in your pot. Uh, security. I think seriously, can somebody call security before he starts shooting up this office right now? People must have thought he was fucking out of his mind. There's that great line in uh in the Facebook movie. What's that movie called? The Friends List. <laughs> That's not what it's called. Social Network. Uh, I swear to God, I thought it was called The Friends List for one second because the poster said you can't have a million friends without uh, something like that. You know what I mean? Making a few enemies. Uh, the Social Network. There's that great line where uh, uh, Timberlake plays the Napster guy. And he's like, yeah, I brought the record industry to its knees or whatever. And uh, and uh, Andrew Garfield says something contrary. And he go, and then Justin Timberlake goes, are you going to go invest in a Tower Records right now? As much as I hate the fact that Tower Records doesn't exist, I love that line so much. Because that's, again, to me, I don't think that guy is... I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, in the movie, he seemed to be a prick. So I'm assuming in real life he's maybe a prick. I, I don't know. I never met the guy. And I don't really know much about him. But that line right there to me, that's that's good old-fashioned healthy ego. Just shutting somebody down. No, no, I did it, and here's how I did it, and you know I'm right. You can't argue this. But it's the same thing with Steve Jobs. It can be done, it will be done, because I know I can do it, and I know I can get it done. Next thing you know, everybody's got an iPod. Global phenomenon. Changes the face of everything. And then leads to the creation of iTunes and ruins music as we know it. But listen, let's not focus on the negative here. Stay on the positive. Steve Jobs was, a, was an innovator. He was a dreamer. I'm really cracking, cracking new ground here on this episode today. I'm talking about stuff nobody's talked about. Orson Welles is a genius. Steve Jobs did innovative stuff. I'm breaking new ground here, people. <laughs> I'm going to launch the... The careers of some unsung heroes. <laughs> Stock is going up for, for a few lucky gentlemen after this episode. Nourish your healthy ego. Nourish it. Nourish it. Take care of it. Feed it. How do you feed it? You feed it with your achievements. Find things you want to do in life. Find things you care about doing. You go out there. You do them. And if you have success at them, you keep doing them. And if you suck at them, guess what? That's okay. That's okay. My neighbors are screaming. Do you hear that? Is it picking up on the mics? I don't know, people, if you could hear that or not. Um, I have two neighbors. Uh, there's a girl that lives over there who thinks it's really funny to scream like a fucking asshole. I don't know. Whenever she's in the backyard... Let's call it whenever she's in the backyard. She thinks it's funny to scream like she's going down the steepest hill on a roller coaster. I've never met her. I don't know what she looks like. I don't know her name. But Ernie, I hate her guts. The ego on this fucking broad <laughs> to think she can scream like that in her backyard. Um, Go out there, do the things that you want to do. And when you find success with those, keep, keep doing them. And if you suck at them, then don't do them. There's nothing wrong with saying I'm not good at that. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, 
it's quite pleasurable. It's quite a relief to go, you know what? I suck at that. I'm not doing that anymore. Take shit off your list. Let's you get out of doing stuff you don't really want to do. I hated being a waiter when I was a waiter. Why? Because I sucked at it. You know what was great? The day I just went, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at waiting tables. Just because a lot of other people are doesn't mean I am. I suck at it. And I'm not going to do it anymore. Wow, that's awesome. A thing I hate doing out the fucking window. I don't ever have to do that again. Don't do the things that you're not good at. And chances are you don't like doing the things you're not good at. I'm very, very hard-pressed to believe that anybody does anything that they utterly suck at and they really enjoy it. How could you? How could you? They say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting the same and, and expecting different results. How could you possibly enjoy anything you're not good at? I don't mean a thing that you're not great at that you're getting incrementally better at. I mean a thing you're not good at. It creates lunacy or you're a fucking lunatic. That's crazy. Put it down. Walk away. Maybe you weren't meant to juggle. It's okay. Keep dropping those balls all over the place. Go find another circus routine. Maybe you could be the fire eater guy. Maybe you could be the sword swallower. Maybe you're the trapeze guy. Everybody doesn't have to have the same job at the circus, though, is the point. And just because you see the guy juggling and you think, wow, that guy's amazing, that doesn't have to mean I want to do that, too. Uh, so I got to go do that. I did that for years. For years, I'd see a thing that another guy was good at or another girl did this, and it was great. And then I'd think, I, I love that. I got to try that. No, you don't. And no, I didn't. And I wasted a lot of time trying things just because I, I, I felt like I had to be a part of everything I admired. That is fucking ego. Be a fan once in a while. Just be a fan. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being a fan. There's nothing wrong with saying I'm wrong. There's nothing wrong with saying I'm sorry. There's nothing wrong with stepping off to the side once in a while. There's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. Don't let your ego fuck you up because if you let it steer the car, that car is going to crash and it's going to crash into the people that you care about the most. I think because when you live your life with, with, with an insane ego, ego, ego driven uh, 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 you know what I mean, Ernie. Life. When ego is steering your life, you're an asshole. You become an asshole. And then you argue with ego. And, and it's, I'm never, no, no, it's not me, it's you. It's not me, it's you. Trust me, people, I used to do this shit, all right? And I'm not saying I don't ever do it. I'm not saying I don't ever fall victim to it anymore. But I used to do it a lot. Burr pointed that out to me. Bill Burr pointed that out to me. My dear friend, the old redheaded wonder. Billy Burr pointed that out to me. He goes, yeah, you're all ego when you argue. You get back to the corner, you put your chest out, you start pointing fingers. I'm not wrong. It's, it's everybody else. You, know, you got to take a hit sometimes. He's right. I learned that lesson from my dear friend Bill. Why? Because he had enough healthy ego to tell me a positive thing that he was confident in giving me that good advice. He didn't doubt himself. He didn't say this is bad advice, just iffy advice. He had confidence in the advice because he knew it was good advice because it was advice he had some experience with, whether giving it to somebody else or maybe he had to learn that lesson or I don't know. 
The point is, is he knew it was sound, so he told me with his healthy ego, you shouldn't do that. And then I, with my healthy ego, said, you know what, you're right. I'm going to check the unhealthy ego, tuck my chest back in, drop my pointed finger, and stop doing that. And that's what it's about. Don't let ego steer the ship. And I think that's, I think that's a fine place to stop, Ernie. Because I think if I let my ego continue going on with this podcast, this ship will fucking sink. I, there's nothing else to say. I got nothing else. I have no opinions left on this subject. And a man should know when to shut his mouth. I'm shutting mine. JoeDeRosaComedy.com. Please visit it for all info about shows and this podcast and all kinds of stuff. Uh, if you like the podcast, please share it. Subscribe to it. Go to iTunes, rate it, leave a review. We'd appreciate that. We really, really, really would. Uh, and as far as upcoming shows are concerned, uh, I will be this week in Buffalo, New York at uh, Helium Comedy Club. And then uh, on Sunday night, I will be going up to Toronto for one show. Um, and the name of the venue is escaping me because I have not played it before, uh, but it's on my website, joderosacomedy.com. Uh, in August, I'll be at Acme Comedy Club, so come check me out there. And uh, I think that's about it for right now. So uh, stay tuned for more, and we'll see you next week.